Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome, everybody, into a new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and really happy to have you here for this brand new episode. We will have a a relatively short episode this week uh, as we look forward to the upcoming week. We'll have another episode for you in just a few days, but it's obviously been a a tough uh, and difficult week in Los Angeles and around the basketball community in the world with the passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, We will be talking about LMU Basketball on this episode, but obviously wanted to start with the tragic accident, uh, if you follow along with me uh, and are along with this Believe Podcast Network, you've had tributes all over, including on my Believe in Clippers podcast with a full episode uh, talking about Kobe and his legacy. Uh, so as I said, we will be talking some LME basketball in this, uh, and we'll actually close this episode with the tribute that I read on air at the LME basketball game against Pacific on Thursday night. Um, so we'll have more on Kobe, and obviously it's a a tragic accident with the lost lives of Kobe, his daughter Gianna, uh, and, se- and seven others, the Altabelli family, Christina Mauser, the Chester family, uh, and Ari Zobai on the pilot. So it's uh, it's going to take a long time and to try to heal and re- move on, recover from this for for many people. And uh, it's, uh, as I said, there's nothing easy about it. It's very tough and uh, something we'll be dealing with for a long time. But we'll try to uh, move forward right now, and as we said, talk about some LMU basketball here on this LMU basketball podcast. Um, know that if you follow the show, you can please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Uh, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, anywhere podcasts are available, we are available. You can also find us at the Believe website, Believe.com, and any social media handle for Believe at Believe Podcast is the handle there. So with all that said, LMU with a a tough week of some close games and tough finishes. Uh, last time we talked, we, of course, were previewing the St. Mary's ball game where LMU took on the Gales at home, coming off that win against Portland the previous Thursday. And it was a an interesting game versus the Gales. St. Mary's really threw a haymaker in the first half. They led 43-21 to at the half, a 21-point lead, knocked down eight first-half three-pointers, and then LMU completely flipped the script. In the second half, they outscored St. Mary's 41-30 to in that second half, had a 22-point lead down to 7 at one point. Uh, and that was with about a little under four minutes to go in the ball game. So it was one of those games where the Lions certainly responded extremely well. They had momentum going but ran out of time. Anytime you dig yourselves that big a hole, it's so tough to come back from, especially against a good opponent. So it was a great effort. Uh, Jordan Bell had... A really big second half. He had all of his 14 points in that second half. Eli Scott, as usual, strong performance with 18 points, a couple of threes for Eric Johansson, and defensively was the key to getting LMU back in that ball game. But as we said, it just wasn't quite enough against a very good St. Mary's Gales team. So LMU fell in that one the previous Saturday. They then went up to the Bay Area to take on the Pacific Tigers up in Stockton and it was just kind of a, a sluggish game for the Lions. Both teams offensively, despite the shooting percentages not being terrible, uh, really didn't 
have a great rhythm or flow to their offenses. And Pacific was able to do just enough to hold off LMU 62-50, to 50, another game where the Lions had chances but uh, couldn't get enough of the offense going. Eli Scott again with 14, led the way, Jordan Bell with 10, but no one else in the lineup had more than 8. So it was one of those games where outside of kind of the primary 1 or 2 for the Lions offensively, couldn't quite find the additional scoring that they needed to in this ball game. So it was a, a tough performance for the Lions in, in Stockton, and it led them into their most recent ball game, taking on their rival, the Pepperdine Waves. And this game was really a heartbreaking loss, but what a ball game between these two rivals, the, the Lions and the Waves in their second meeting of the year. It ended up being a one-point loss in overtime for the Lions, 68 67 was the final and this was one that the Lions really executed extremely well on both ends of the floor the one issue for them in this game was turnovers when the Lions were able to get their shots they shot 52 percent from the field they didn't shoot the three well but they held Pepperdine who's a great three-point shooting team to just five of 20 uh, the turnovers were the key 18 turnovers in the game for the Lions to just 10 for the waves and a 24 to 7 edge in points off turnovers in favor of Pepperdine so turnovers were really the issue in the ball game and uh, as I said it took away what was nearly a great win for the Lions they fought and clawed even when they said had that 16 point lead gave it up Pepperdine actually went up by eight with two minutes and 45 seconds to go and the Lions refused to give in they had an eight nothing run to close regulation and capped off by two free throws from freshman Jonathan Dos Anjos, who came in as a 52% free throw shooter. He knocked down both free throws to send it to overtime. And then again in overtime, Pepperdine came out with the first six points of the period. Lions hit the claw back again. They cut it down to one, and they gave themselves an opportunity to win the ball game. Had 11.2 seconds to go and had a chance to win and actually have the call from the final moments of the ball game. So let's go through it, have you relive it, my call from LMU and Pepperdine here on the Believe Podcast Network. would certainly expect Eli Scott to be featured here, Alliance leader throughout the year, has 21 points on 7 of 12 from the field, he'll be the inbounder to start the possession, as he'll inbound from directly in front of the Lions bench on the far side of the floor, and here we go. Scott looking, finds Jordan Bell. Bell, middle of the floor, hands back to Scott with eight on the clock. One-on-one -on -one against Edwards. Down the lane trying to feed Lea Pepe. It's off the body of Edwards into the near corner with 3.8 remaining. Lions keep possession, but obviously time not on their side, and that's an inbound from a difficult vantage point on the near side corner now. Oh, Eli Scott to inbound once again, 3.8 to go. Looking inside, gets it to Dos Anjos. Dos Anjos will dribble to the top of the key, gets it to Scott, fires the three at the buzzer, and it's off the mark, and the Lions fall 68-67 in overtime in a heartbreaker. Lions could not get the shot that they wanted on the first possession. Scott had the right idea. Lea Pepe was three under the basket, but the passing lane was crowded, and that led to that initial deflection, and then the second one, just a tough desperation three with not much time to go, and the Lions fall in a heartbreaker tonight, 68-67. So there you have it, the end of the very tough loss. The Lions had a great play drawn up. It was just 
a little bit of tight quarters to try to get that pass in for Eli Scott, which led to the deflection. But honestly, LMU was really successful in their out-of-bounds plays and, you know, ATOs under out-of-bounds plays where they were getting layups on a lot of these plays. And honestly, if that pass had been there or that lane had been a little bit more open, uh, Kelly Leopepe was wide open on the other side of the rim, and that's what Eli Scott recognized. He's such a good passer. Uh, credit Pepperdine for closing that gap quickly enough to deflect the pass. And then, of course, the, as you mentioned, the second look, as you heard, uh, one that they just didn't have a lot of time to operate, operating and inbounding from the far corner, a very tough place to get a look. Ended up having to shoot kind of a fadeaway three-pointer with not a lot of space at the very end of it. So it ended up being a very tough loss for the Lions. 68-67, as we mentioned, was the final in that one. And it dropped the Lions to 8-15 and on the year, 2-7 and in West Coast Conference play. Pepperdine improved to 12-11 and and 5-4 and in West Coast Conference play. So obviously a tough loss. Some things you can take from it in the positive direction. Kelly Pepe, the freshman, continues to really come on, especially offensively. 17 points and 9 rebounds. Also knocked down two more three-pointers. So he is certainly a factor. He's a player and someone who should continue to progress for the Lions. Really the key for him since he's such a physical, passionate player and obviously a young player being a freshman is learning how to play defense without fouling. He's been in foul trouble consistently throughout his Lions career, including in that Pepperdine game. Credit Lea Pepe for not committing his fifth foul, playing, being able to play through the late stretch of the first half and overtime. He made it through all of it. So he is becoming more aware of that and learning how to play defense without fouling. So that'll be a huge key as he continues to develop and go forward with this ball club. Uh, of course, Eli Scott, he, he's always a constant. 21 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds, made some big free throws. You mentioned the huge free throws from Jonathan Dosanjo. So those are performances from, of course, Eli, one of your upperclassmen. But young players the program is trying to develop, and Lea Pepe and Dosanjos, who are making big plays and big games. And although they came up a little short, uh, that's an encouraging sign to see. So we'll see if they can carry that forward going forward. And the Lions will look to regroup as they have just one game in the upcoming week against the Gonzaga Bulldogs in their second meeting of the year. This will be in Spokane at Gonzaga, 8 p.m. on Thursday, February 6th. And then they'll have, as you said, just the one game, no Saturday game this week. They'll have their time to regroup before coming back home and taking on BYU and Santa Clara in the following week. So as mentioned, we'll have another LMU basketball podcast this week uh, to get ready for that Gonzaga game. Uh, and have all you need for LME basketball in that department. We're going to take a quick break with a, a word from Eight Sleep, our sponsor for this week's podcast. And when we come back, we'll give you the Kobe Bryant tribute that I read on the LME Pacific broadcast on Thursday night to close out this week's edition of the LME Basketball Podcast. So a quick break, and then we're back with that tribute here on the LME Basketball Podcast. If you enjoy football and have a heartbeat, then you know what's coming. The Super Bowl. Want to make a bet on it? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. Whether you're choosing the winner or making a side bet with a friend, mybookie offers you the most up-to-date odds in a site that makes extra cash easy and fast. You can even visit mybookie.ag party to access printable prop sheet for the big game. Football not your jam? No worries, mybookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. 
All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Play, win, get paid. All right, thank you very much, Rayhan and Steven. Uh, welcome, everybody. We have LMU and Pacific coming up in just a few minutes, but just as Rayhan and Steven did, wanted to take a few minutes before we start the broadcast to pay respects to those lost in the tragic helicopter accident on Sunday morning to the victims, Kobe Bryant, Gianna Bryant, Carrie Altabelli, John Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester, and Ara Zobayan. Our thoughts and our prayers are with the victims, their families, and everyone affected by this tragedy. And I wrote some words to honor Kobe Bryant, having grown up here in Los Angeles. So here it goes. Kobe, the past few days have felt dark and empty. I didn't know this would hit me so hard. After all, I've never been a Lakers fan. In fact, I probably rooted against the Lakers and against you at every possible turn, save for maybe the finals versus Boston because my New York family roots wouldn't let me go that far. But just like you, basketball has been a passion, sometimes even an obsession for me. Growing up in Los Angeles, even if I wasn't rooting for you, I couldn't stop watching because you were truly great. My father told me at an early age to appreciate greatness, so while I sat frustrated at the continued success of a team I disliked, I also sat back and began to enjoy the nightly dominance you displayed on the court. 360 dunks, chase down blocks, game winners, and perhaps most impressively, the will to play through anything. Broken fingers, sprained ankles, and even a bum shoulder that forced you to shoot a turnaround jumper left-handed, a jumper that of course you made. Your fire and unrelenting work ethic inspired me to work harder myself. After school each day, after letting the school clear out, and make the short walk back from my house, back to the schoolyard, and shoot for hours, every day, because I knew that's what you were doing each day to be great. Even if I never met you, I, just like all of Los Angeles and many others around the world, grew up with you. We were there seeing you briefly don a Charlotte Hornets cap. We were there for the Summer League dunks. We were there to see you take Brandy to the prom and win the slam dunk contest where they're cheering you on from the crowd. We were there for the three-peat, the down years in between, and the return to glory for back-to-back titles. We were there for you carrying Team USA to gold in 2008, and we were there for 81, and 65, and 61 in the garden, and 60 in your farewell. Perhaps more impressive and important than all of that is what we saw from you after you retired. An incredible and caring father to four daughters, an advocate for women's sports, and a teacher and an inspiration to kids all over the world. Seeing the mutual deep admiration and love between you and your family is more valuable than any championship. For many, the Mamba mentality is about passion, determination, and uncompromising hard work. And while those are all key components, for me, the Mamba mentality doesn't work without love. Love of the craft that provides the inspiration to work. Love of family and friends help carry you through when times are tough. Love is the key. So forgive us, Kobe, if we can't let you go. We'll see you in LeBron's powerful drives to the rim. We'll see you in Kawhi Leonard's mid-range mastery and lockdown defense. And we'll see you in Westbrook's fiery competitiveness. And most importantly, we'll see you in ourselves. The Mama mentality is something that we can all carry with us. With passion, determination, dedication, and most importantly, love. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. You will be missed. we got basketball coming up after the break. Don't go away.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.